This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, SpiderVPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favorite websites and streams by using SpiderVPN. They have some amazing offers right now and I've come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount. That's spidervpn.org. And a very uh, good evening for what is episode 80. Cannot believe I'm actually saying that. Episode 80 of the Always Wolves squadcast. And for the first time, we're live on YouTube and also uh, trialling it on the uh, the Facebook page, the Always Walls Facebook page as well. And I'm ju- I'm joined by two uh, Wolves legend fans, friends of mine. Good, <laughs> <laughs> good. Manny, how you doing? You're up, mate. How you doing? As you can see, I've made an effort, and you two have turned up like it's a bloody business meeting, but. To be fair, to be fair, Jason is legendary when he comes on. He normally does have his retro gear on and stuff like that tonight. But he's very the backdrop, and I thought, you know what, business meeting. Let's let's do it in what looks like an office. Well, exactly. He's in the West Wing today. In the West Wing. Very business like people are already saying uh, good evening. We're already up to uh, over thirty six followers. And um, David James is already getting stuck in there. Have you heard about what Fosen have said about investing in the team and more investment? Um, someone wants to know how we get an away ticket. Well, you get it with points, basically. But, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, we've put, we've left it a couple of days because there were, there were 11 episodes. Uh, last year, when they did the Ash Wolves series, they, they dropped them in three or four episodes and there was a bit of around the table. And um, this year, they dropped them all at the same time. 
there is some scepticism to say that they dropped them all at the same time because they wanted to sort of filter out the uh, some of the uh, the Jeff interview, which we will get into. And there's a lot of in-depth stuff. I mean, first off, um, Jason, I mean, what you've watched obviously some of these. What, what are you thinking on the uh, the box set, as we'll call it, as a whole? Of course, Johnny Phillips did a great job again of asking the questions. He did. Um, I thought Johnny did a great job. And, you know, he always plans it meticulously. There were some great questions in and he did challenge them. Um, it's easy to, to you know, to, obviously it's been edited. Let's, let's be realistic about it as well. You know, I would like to see the cutting room floor on some of these where Jeff Shee's telling everyone that we're going to uh, the I-54. But but realistically, no, I, I thought it was very good. Um, when I first watched it, uh, I watched the Bruno Large one, the Scott Sellers one, uh, the um, Russell Jones one, and today I watched the Jeff Shee one. When I first watched the Jeff Shee one especially, I was a bit mixed emotions. But then when I've had time to, to, to think about it, it's not such a bad thing. You know, what we're doing at the minute as well, we're doing what a lot of other clubs aren't doing. And I'm the first one on social media to moan that the fact there's a lack of communication from the club. Yeah, it has been a, a, a real good, uh, positive move forward in what they've done. And I think they've, the, the clarity is certainly there. Um, and what, what I've known about before, like I said, the communication, I think it was very, very clear. Yes, obviously, you know, they, they, they had to get a certain message across. But I think it's big. Look, there's still a bit of a divide. What I take from it is we're in, and I'll tell you why in a short while, but we are in amazing hands with Fosun. Um, and I think... The, the, the planning for the future, especially, and giving us a sustainability and a platform is, is huge to the future of the club. Absolutely. I mean, I should say as well that uh, we're great to have you with us as well, uh, Jason, from the Walk Whistle podcast. You've had another one that's dropped today, which was an interesting one with Tim Spears. So make sure everyone checks that out because listen to it today. It's very, very insightful with his 11 as well. Did talk a little bit with Tim um, as well about the Ash Wall series. Manny, uh, your initial thoughts when it's all come out. Obviously, we're not going to talk about all the individual, but there are some key issues that we need to address. Um, but we have to come yeah, I, I'll just, just, Yeah, you know, um, for a club to go into the detail that they sort of went into, exploring basically uh, even bits of the club that we didn't know about. So they didn't really need to go and interview Matt Jackson or Laura Nichols or or other employees of Walls, but they did. And they took it away from that four people sitting in a boardroom having a chat with Johnny to an individual sort of a personal thing. And um, so you have to say hats off. I don't think there's any other club that do anything like this um, so openly. Yes, as Jay says, there'll be bits that are edited and not shown. Um, you know, uh, we, we will never see everything. But I thought pretty much... There were fairly honest accounts, especially from Bruno and maybe even Jeff, because Bruno, you know, he pretty much, if you think about it, he talked about the frustrations of the last two months of maybe, you know, some of the players we lost and we didn't have the like for likes that we could bring in and not weaken the side and, and the side suffered. So he doesn't want to see that again. But then Jeff honestly saying, but we can't just compete with that top six. We have to get to that level. You know, we have to increase our revenue. We have to uh, make more money and we have to uh, be more 
or resourceful in our dealings to be able to get there. So, you know, um, because sometimes when you when there's four of you sitting around a, a table, you can sort of it's easy to agree with each other. And if he said that, oh, I might as well agree with that. So I thought the individual nature of the, the interviews was very good. Um, and, and you have to, like I said, commend Wolves for putting out um, a really detailed series. 100%. And I think we should get, um, you know, I mean, let's just look at the Bruno Large interview first, because there has been a, a before, obviously, the Jeff Shee one we will come on to. And there's some really good ones as well in terms of the, which we'll talk about later on in this podcast about the stadium development, because Russell Jones was fantastic. I thought gave a lot of detail. And I thought Vinnie Clark came across really well as well. And obviously, there's Scott Sellers in there as well. But Bruno, um, you don't get to, us fans don't really get to see Bruno Large other than the reports about the press conference, some of his interviews and stuff like that. And um, it was the longest one of the um, of all of the episodes that dropped, obviously walking around the training ground at Compton. And you... He, you kind of saw a little bit more into his world and his mind and his personality during that particular interview. You know, it was 53 minutes long. I mean, what did you make of um, what Bruno had to say and his thoughts? Go on, Manny. Yeah, so, you know, I thought the Bruno interview was really, really good. He's obviously quite a passionate guy. He believes in the way... He wants to do things. If you talk, he talked very closely to, about all his backroom staff. Introduced all seven of them. Didn't really need to that. He could have took it all on him, but he he showed the team. He was like, you know, it's very rarely clear about that backroom team that he wanted. That as soon as he got the job at Wolves, he rang up Tony Roberts and he rang up all the, his mates and said, "You've got to come and work on this project with me." Now the next step is obviously him getting the personnel that he wants, and you can. Uh, um, see some of the frustration in, in what he was saying in maybe they, you know, didn't get the players they wanted to. I'm pretty sure they were in for more players than they got overall, uh, but they didn't get them for monetary reasons, financial reasons, or simply the players didn't want to come. So, you know, that's the, the thing. The, they pretty much indicated that the side will be different on August, you know, in our first game. We've already lost, what, three, four players. You know, we've already know we've got to replace them. Martinez's contract is up in the air. Uh, Neves, you know, a bid has to go in before he goes. You know, if no one bids, then he's still our player. So, you know, it's likely that he'll probably go. So there's five players straight away from the squad that go. So suddenly the, the team will change. So incomings have to happen. And he wants more players than he's got. He keeps harping on about it, doesn't he? He mentioned the 14 again. I think we've got a few more than 14, but he mentioned the 14 players and then, you know, the injuries in the last two months, how the team suffered when Neves, Pedence, Raul was out, you know, those Newcastle, West Ham games. Some of the, they were dreadful, weren't they? Brighton at home and uh, uh, Burnley. Um, and and he, you could see that frustration that he didn't have like for like replacement. So he, he needs backing. So he gave his bit, and then it was on to obviously from there. You you know, okay, over to you, Jeff. He needs this support. Mm. What are you going to do to support him? So, um, yeah, I still do question Bruno. He's only got a clean uh, slate from me because you know some of the substitutions he made really were baffling. He has got a 
undying faith in Huang, who's had a terrible last couple of months. I suppose he's, you know, bought a brand new player in 14 million. He's hardly going to, you know, um, rip him apart. He's going to put his arm <laughs> around him. And, and that was evident. Um, uh, but it's it's to be seen. I, I like I like Bruno. If he gets the backing and gets the players he wants, I think he can make an impression. I think you made some good points there. I mean, you also made some really good points earlier in the season when things were going a lot better. Obviously, the last 14 games, you know, his relegation form, uh, very poor. It fell off a cliff. Uh, Bruno talked again in the uh, in, in that interview about targeting top four, then going for top six, then just making Europe. And obviously, eventually, we finished 10th. And... Um, but the first two thirds of the season, I mean, one of the things I mean, you 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 talked about was Manny that if you look across the team, has he improved that player? Has he improved that player? And I think that was fair comment up until that point. Um, yeah. But what do you what do you think's generally gone wrong, uh, Jason, in the last you know in the last third of the season in regards to Bruno Large? I mean, you saw the incident at Liverpool with Wang, and obviously. Coming on, didn't Neto went off? He brought Wang on. He went to try and keep the ball, and he fell over. You saw both Fabio and yeah. um, Daniel Pedence having a little snigger on the sideline, which didn't yeah. wasn't a really good look. I mean, I mean, I've kind of been, I've kind of heard a, bit, a little bit off the record that the likes of Daniel Pedence, Fabio Silva, um, Dendonka are also open to move. In the summer, yeah. I mean, listen, Fabio Silva can say that he wants to move, but we, <laughs> we ain't getting 35 million quid from home. So, you know, if folks from an investment company, um, obviously that deal ain't going to happen. I'm not going to talk about that. What I'm going to talk about is obviously the Bruno Large interview. Once again, thought he was very open and honest. Um, and we did get an elongated chance to obviously listen to his side of events. On form, the worrying thing is that Benfica went through that unbelievable run of form and then it was quite a, a poor end, which culminated in his termination. Um, I don't think that's happening right now at Wolves, but he certainly had a poor end to the season. Now, you could put it down to could put, wait, a number of things. Firstly, in his interview with Johnny Phillips, he did allude several times to having a small squad. Um, injuries cutting into the squad. I mean, you, you've only got to look at it. It was bare bones um, at, the, at the back end of the season. Realistically, we should have strengthened in January. That would have been the time to do it. And that would have been the pivotal time then to push us on and propel us perhaps into Europe. And you know what? And, I, and I've said this all along. Look, we was close to a top five, top six finish. And we really was. But it was relegation form at the end of the season. And we were still quite lucky to finish in the top half. Um Yes, he should have been backed in January, but then Jeff Shee made a point uh, that that January isn't always the best time to buy on the basis that, you know, clubs want to keep their players. Um, you know, obviously everyone wants to strengthen. Um, for me, listen, I've still got complete faith in Bruno. He just desperately needs to work with a big squad. His mantra when he first took the job over was he wanted two key players in each position. And, you know, for example, left-back, Aintnorian Johnny. Um, that obviously, we, we, we've, in defence, Kelman Cody. Um, oh, flipping neck, lost my train. John Cody, Bowley, we've got um, Totti, yeah. Gomez, so, we've got Mascara. Yeah, 
he wanted two players for each position, yeah. and that hasn't really been that hasn't really been given to him. It hasn't really happened. And the problem is with the injuries, it's depleted the squad even further. Um, and look, I suppose you've got to you've got to point the finger at the manager because he's the one picking the team. The substitutions, I agree, Dave. I, you know, I don't think they were great. I think even though Juan come on, I think he should have been taken off the last game. Um, not a great thing to do, but. His performance warranted that it really did. You know, I was at the game, um, but yeah, with with regards to the squad, it's nowhere near big enough. And if we're going to judge Bruno, we've got to judge him with his own squad. And uh, 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 listen, what manager could work with 14, 15 players? It's almost yeah. impossible. When you the get irony that- is, Jason, we, the funny irony is, we're actually performing better with fourteen or fifteen well, players earlier on during that period. And then when he got the players Dave, back... D- the Dave, you know what? That, 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 I don't think... You know, if you look at Jose Sarr, especially... I think he had a pretty indifferent last month myself, to be honest. Um, but if you look at his performance and look at the stats that, you know, everybody looks at, he prevented something like an extra 10 or 15 goals going in. Like, you know, and we only win games by one goal. So that's the difference between us, like, winning and losing. When yeah. he makes a save, it's winning and losing. Now, that's the difference between us getting 51 points and 41 and just scraping survival. So, so you know, it, that shows you the weakness of the squad and a little bit of reliance on it, a really brilliant performance by Jose Sarr. And that can't happen because you can't rely your, on your keeper just having worldies all the time. So, and, and our goal scoring, man, that is, you know... No team has ever finished in the top 10 of the Premier League with as low as goals as, as we did this season in Premier League history. But didn't we, didn't we, wasn't we fourth in the, um, in the fewest goals conceded, which yeah. saved down effectively? Because otherwise, Basically did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, otherwise we, but when you've got a small squad, that squad's effectively almost picking itself as well. You know, we can't afford to rotate. He can't, he certainly can't afford to get an injury. So I do think I do think we need a bigger squad. Hundred percent, we do. And the thing is, as well, Jason, we've already confirmed Marcel's gone. Yeah, uh, Bruno Large came out the day before Ruddy was yeah. told he's going, saying that he wanted to keep Ruddy. And then the next day, Ruddy's putting up on the uh, the thing. It looks like it's my last game. So that decision's been taken yeah. over the manager. Um, Saeed, I think, was a similar situation. Obviously, he's gone. So that's three that's gone at, at the moment. We we. Almost certain that Neves will probably go. Yeah. I mean, it's not guaranteed. It looks like he's going to go, but someone's still got to come in and pay the money. Obviously, Man United, Arsenal, Barcelona, um, apparently in. You know, there's another one out today, rumour about Roma. And then, um, I mean, obviously, you've got the, the situation at the moment with uh, Matinho, who is starting as captain for Portugal against Spain tonight. Um and he's, he definitely wants to stay, 100% wants to stay. He just wants a two-year yeah. deal, but not necessarily on the same money that he's on at the moment. And then, of course, you've got Adama coming back and the fiasco that happened with that, you know. I mean, who's... to be honest, listening to Scott Sellers, that, you know, that was the only bit, really, which I didn't necessarily agree with. Yes, Adama doesn't want to be at the club. Um, regardless if he wants to be at the club or not, he can't force a move to Barcelona. He can't. It's our decision. He can't. <laughs> they're right going to Barcelona. Yeah. So that was really, really. Um, that was poor business. That was. That was. Um, 
whether or not Barcelona promised us the earth that there was going to sign him because I genuinely thought when he was going there on loan, I even put on Twitter, look, it's a done deal. He's, he's, he's got to be, and it, and, it, and it wasn't. So we got really shafted. So for Scott Sellers to come out and say it was the best option, it, it, it clearly wasn't. The best option in hindsight would have been would have been to keep him at the club um, because one, he would have been an extra player albeit as effective or not effective as he could have been. He would have been an extra player in the squad. So with injuries, we've got another option. Um, he, he doesn't want to be at the club, obviously that's evident. So, But I think the time to cash in in hindsight, it was last summer, not this summer. Because on the basis, yes, he's gone to Barcelona. You could argue that's put a couple of million on the price tag. But because he hasn't necessarily performed, I, you know, I think now with a year to go, um, I think we, we're going to have to get what we can for him. Because he's not going to sign another deal. So we're going to have to get what we can for him. You know, I mean, it, it seems unlikely he'll sign a deal. There is a train of thought that Wolves have been good to him. You know, they wanted him to sign. He didn't want to sign because his head returned by Barcelona. He got all sorts of promises. Barcelona has showed their true colours and said, well, when was it Dembele that came back? In yeah. Europe? And um, he's taken his place. And, and and he kind of comes back a little bit with his tail between his legs, really, because he, it, they've given him what he wants. They've made it happen. So he kind of owes Wolves a little bit, really. Oh, he does. Um, he does. Dave, you know what? I was absolutely flabbergasted when that decision was made because, you know, he was an impact player. Yes, he didn't produce. He didn't have no assists or goals, but he, he did carry us forward. So, you know, when he did come on as a substitute, for example, when we were maybe suffering or not playing so well, we did carry a bit of a bit more of a threat him in, with him inside. And Wolves held, held all the cards. If a player comes to you and says, I'm not signing a contract, you're well within your right and say, you're under contract. You're staying with us. You're working hard to get back in the team. You're not going until we get something acceptable. And to get this, you know, his boyhood club, and it was a dream move for him. Imagine us saying to our employee, I want to go to my this dream company. Would you let me go, please? And, oh, yeah, go on. No problem. Well, you know, many, we'll... <laughs> many football, sadly, is an industry like no other. And yeah. Now, the more you look at it, there's, there's just absolutely no loyalty whatsoever is there. I mean, you, Neves has given us a lot of loyalty. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. But then, Traore, clearly not. He doesn't want to be at Wolves. I don't suppose he particularly wants to be in Wolverhampton. And you can't moan him. You can't moan about the fact that um, he got his head turned by his boyhood club, Barcelona. Barcelona is a huge club. But the reality is they're not the Barcelona of old and they've got no dough. So, let's not deal with Barcelona. If we're going to do a deal... For Neves, let's not do Barcelona because we're only going to get our pants pulled down, which has happened with Traore. I think well, Barcelona must have been laughing, thinking we're going to get Traore for basically nothing and we can send him back afterwards. They must have been laughing when they approached Wolves with that. Deal you think this has got a little I think they want to do a similar deal for Neves as well, though. It's a favour for Mendes as well. Because don't, is it, was it Doherty signed for Mendes? He moved to Tottenham. Uh, Adamas signs with Mendes and then he's got the, the thing that's going. Obviously, he brings stuff the other way. And, you know... It, you, Dave, you, you surprised me. Hey? <laughs> yeah. Surprise me. It's got to it's gotta be something to do with uh, with with that. I, We've I'm got guessing. the big Trinko thing, you know, and that wasn't really answered. So, we, we got this player who was our big signing. Uh, about, uh, all our, we didn't sign many players. Jose Sar was unknown. Wang was 
you know, nobody really knew about him. Trincao was a winger from Barcelona. Wolves don't sign wingers from Barcelona. So we bought him in and he's flattered to deceive. He's yeah. shown in parts that he looks world class, but those parts are very small. Now, what do we do with him? We've got a player that's in at Barcelona who is ours. We've got one of theirs that is his. Do we swap well, him? Do we say, okay, we'll take Trinco and then we'll try and sell Trinco or loan him on? Actually, Manny, couldn't you say the same really about Traore? The fact that, you know, one one good game out of three, four, you know, yeah. he's, on, on the day, Trinco, you can tell he, he can be a really, really good player. And we know on his day, Traore can be a world beater, but it's not week in, week out. That's why Ruben Neves is worth 50 million because he performs week in, week out consistently. He has one bad game out of eight, nine, probably not even that. You know, the ratios uh, tell a true story. Um, and that's why he's worth the money he is. And that's why he, he's, a, he's a better player. Yeah, I think I've got the question for you, like if Triori was going to go for nothing, which could happen, and you could swap him for Trincao, and obviously there'd be a monetary value there for Wolves right now, would you do it? I think, uh, sorry to interrupt, Manny, but I think with Traore's career, I think it's already hit its peg. Um, I think Nuno got the best out of him, clearly. Uh, you know, you, you've only got to look at his career, Barcelona, Villa, Middlesbrough, Wolves. Um, is, is that the path of a player who is going to be a world beater? Every club that gets him and every club in the future that's going to look to sign him is going to think they're going to get that player who is going to play consistently week in, week out. It would have been happening by now. It's not. And he's been found out at Barcelona already. Listen, I don't want to slate the lad because, like I said, I went to Man City away when he popped them two goals in. But why am I talking about a game two seasons ago? I should be saying, oh, well, there was these three games this season. But we can't even say that. So I think he's hit his peak as a player. Um, I think we, I think personally we've got to cash in on him because if we keep him for another year and he's sulking, we're going to get nothing for him and nothing out of him. And that actually brings us on quite nicely to the, the what Jeff Shee was talking about in, uh, obviously, his interview. Um, now, Jeff, obviously, is the chairman. Um, he was mu he's a much-loved chairman because, obviously, when he's come in and what, what have, where Fosun have got us, and people do have to realise when Fosun took over, we were languaging in the bottom half of the championship and they've, they've delivered on everything they said they were going to do right now. But obviously, we're at a point now where we're almost at a, a changing of the guard. It's kind of the start of a new cycle, which I think he referred to. And part of that new cycle where it is, and Scott Sellers mentioned this as well, is trying to replace better with what they've got. Because when you're in the championship, it's a lot easier to bring in better quality players. And then, But now we're at a level, it's harder to bring in better than what we're going. It looks like, obviously, these players are going. And it's, it seems that... Jeff has said that they're not going to have Fosun aren't going to be a sugar daddy, as he put it. Uh, we've got to sell to bring in the new blood. And um, some of the other things that obviously maybe it's been misconstrued in the comments. He talks a lot about the brand. Uh, I think he mentions that about six times. Esports is mentioned something like eight times in his interviews. And well, obviously, this is all about expanding the brand. And I kind of get what they're trying to do. It's all about trying to, in different ways, compete with uh, the bigger clubs so that they're bringing in the revenues into Fosun Sports Group, as it's called. And, um, you know, in terms of the football side, 
there isn't going to be a a big cash in 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 investment right now. And he's talked about the the local fans, i.e. the fans in and around Wolverhampton. And I think it might have been misconstrued how he said it in terms of the mm. international fans becoming more important. I think what he meant by that was saying they're becoming more important in terms of bringing the cash in rather than more important in terms of the fans in the stadium. Yeah. But it's been taken into a context by a lot of fans that they're more important than us and we pay our you know our season ticket to go. We spend all the money to buy the shirts, go and buy the drink, buy the programmes. And I don't know whether that's been taken slightly out it of context. massively. You know what? When you start an interview like that, the people that are listening are mainly on social media. So when he says Twitter fans, you're a Twitter fan. I'm a Twitter fan. Jace is on Twitter. There's lots and lots of fans. You can't dismiss everybody as social media fans. And the way he started off that interview, I think the language and the terminology was wrong. And it, he had to talk and impress the people who asked the questions. The people asking questions on Ask Walls wasn't somebody sitting in Shanghai or Dallas yeah. or um, Toronto. It was me and you and, and fans who come to the club week in, week out. And the way he addressed it and quickly went on to, we need to grow the brand. 200,000 people is not enough. These are all correct things. But I just thought the language he used was almost like boardroom language. And it wasn't fan language. And whether that's in translation or whether it's that's in his experience because you know, culturally, how he um, addresses people might be different to the way me and you talk to each other. So sometimes fans just want straight talk. Look, we ain't, we ain't going to just throw lots of money. We have to be self-sufficient. We're a thousand percent behind uh, Manchester United. So we've got to look at different ways of bringing income in. And we think reaching out, for example, I did a little bit of work with a guy called Joe Hunt, and he's um, he works for Russell Jones, and he asked me about India and football in India, and he got a few of the Punjabi Wolves lads on. And we had a bit of a, a, a Zoom call. And there isn't an appetite for football in India. There just isn't. They're cricket mad. There's a billion people. They've never produced one footballer, you know, that's of any note, really, like from their own land. And so then they look at, well, there's still a billion people that we can get money off. So they look at music, they look at fashion, they look at um, the esports and see if we can sell that to a billion people and make money that way. Now, that for me, as a fan that's going home and away, doesn't seem really important. I just want to see my team win on the pitch and, and a good experience when I go, when I go on match day. And he talked a lot about that side of bringing money in, which a lot of fans don't want to listen to, didn't want to talk, they didn't want to hear about esports they didn't want to you know they don't understand it i don't understand it but it brings in money so i think it's the language and the terminology he used using the words corporate you know we don't want to we don't want our club being called a corporate we don't because we don't well, that's not how we talk well uh, quite right manny you know we don't um yeah. listen two hundred thousand people in Wolverhampton or whatever the demographic is Realistically, there's not 200,000 Wolves fans there anyway, right? There isn't, right? okay? So Half of them are Liverpool fans. <laughs> yeah. So we've also got to look at the fact that we've only got a stadium that holds 32,000 people, right? So uh, 
Um, our income is stifled. So what they're doing, listen, we know nothing about esports. This is why we're all saying, oh, esports, this esports, that won't be signing players because we don't know anything about esports. We don't know the commercial impact that it's got on the club. Okay. Now, with regards to the brand, was I buying into it initially? No, because I'm a fan of on the terraces, as we all are. But there is a big world out there. Now, the top six clubs are brands. Your Liverpools, your Man Cities, your Man Uniteds. These are global brands. And what they've done, no one's reinventing the wheel here. They're all following suit. They're all copying each other. Now, Wolves are clearly following suit, but they can see a market into esports. They can see a market into music. Not particularly football fans, but a way, another revenue stream for the club. So if that works, that's good enough for me. Yes, the terminology wasn't great. You know, we are Wolves Football Club, you know. To, to, but football's changing. So if we are going to be this corporate brand, this animal, and he kept saying in the interview, Jeff Shee kept saying about the ceiling. Now, with 32,000 fans in a stadium, we are, you know, for FFP, for the income into the club, it, there is going to be a ceiling, okay? With, with this global brand that we're hoping to build and achieve, well, then obviously the ceiling increases, the uh, revenues increase, and we can spend it on players, etc., etc. My worry is, it's a bit of a chicken and egg. Whatever, with all this brand growth, it's got to be right on the pitch, okay? And whatever happens on that pitch dictates what goes off it. So, it's it's either putting the cart before the horse. I don't know. They're trying to obviously, you know, build build the brand. And they're also obviously trying to make the signings for the club. But obviously, FFP has made it quite clear that he's stifling that opportunity. Um, all I want to see is if we do, well, when we sell Ruben Neves, is, is reinvestment back into the club. You know, that's that's so important. We, we need to keep building. One of the worst things he said was right at the start when we start comparing and challenging Man City and et cetera, et cetera. We're light years away from that. They've just signed Haaland for how many million? We're light years from that. Someone said on Twitter earlier, oh, how far do you think we are from the top six? Realistically, as a brand, probably seven to ten years away. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, but when you hear Russell Jones, and he was very fluid in what he was saying about the, the stadium uh, redevelopment, and I think it's all part of the package. If we can develop the stadium, develop the brand. Listen, these are exciting times. Nobody has yet slated Sir Jack Hayward. No one's ripping his statue down for only paying three million when, you know, he only gives us three million pounds when we got to the got, Premier yeah. League first time round. Because yeah. Sir Jack has left this amazing legacy and the story's brilliant. He was a Wolves fan. He used to climb under the turnstile. Then he bought the club, took us to the Premier League. Get it. Brilliant. I love Sir Jack. Unbelievable. I'm not slating him, by the way. My point is, when he only wanted to put three million quid in and Dave Jones couldn't buy any players and we got relegated, where was the moans then? Fosun get, uh, they are getting a lot of grief at the minute. And I think it's, um, I think it's because people really don't understand. Everybody, we're football fans. We're all impatient. We want a quick fix. We want to sign a player for 20 million. We want that player to guarantee success. We want to sign another player for 40 million. Then we see another player want to sign in for 30 million. It's not that simple. And it doesn't matter how much money we spend, it will not guarantee anything. Look how much money Liverpool have spent. They've won the League Cup and the FA Cup on penalties. It, it doesn't guarantee anything. Interestingly, Liverpool didn't score a goal in any of their finals this year and won two trophies. You know that um, eSports, just before we end it, just to let people know, last year, 
the top 10 esports teams combined were worth three and a half billion dollars and the most expensive uh, i think it's miami marlins who are worth 305 million pounds now we, i don't understand how it makes money but it obviously makes a lot of money so fosen as an investment company yeah. and see the whole umbrella of wolves and that if they can make 10 million out of wolves records or 50 million out of wolves fashion and 200 million out of esports you know that's brilliant what we yeah. want to then see is a reflection of that being then reinvested well, into our stadium into well, our team into our experience okay. okay we spend 150 million pound right this summer are we going to get the top six no guarantees yeah. mate right. <laughs> look, at everton. I mean, look at everton how much yeah. they've spent half yeah. over half a billion and they nearly went yeah they nearly went down didn't they now the sustainability thing is very, very important as well. The club's in good hands. We haven't got to worry. There's not boom and bust cycle. You know, you've only got to look at what's happening in Derby County. I'm not saying we're going to end up like Derby County, but we're not going to end up like Derby County because the club are on a sound footing. You know, it's done properly. They're not just chucking money at it. Remember Leeds, Peter Ridsdale, right? I know it's different eras and it's difficult yeah. to compare, but they was just chucking money, chucking money for success. And at the end of it, they nearly broke the club. So I think what we're doing, yes, we're all impatient. And bearing in mind, Jeff Shee's already spoke openly that we're ahead of the project. Um, we may have regressed a little bit, but it's been a fantastic journey. We've seen some amazing players. I, you know, I, 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 I just think we're in amazing hands. And I put this on Twitter earlier. I think we're in very, very good hands. I think there's more of a structure to the club than there's ever been. Um, and I, I just think we, you know, be careful what we wish for because Fawson, they're now mugs. I mean, I had a look, they employ 76,000 people. Um, and it's all like I said, it's all about the brand. I put a joke on Twitter the other day oh, here's the Wolves fans in 23 24, they're all in Man United tops. Listen, we have got to look after our home fans. I think Jeff she could have come out in that video and give us a load of waffle. The most important, the lifeblood of the club are um, the fans that come inside the stadium, the fans that live in Wolverhampton. Da, 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 da. He didn't. He gave us, he was a bit, he's probably too honest. He gives us a lot of transparency into why they're doing things. Yes, it could have been misconstrued slightly. But I think it is important that they do recognise us 32,000 fans that, that, that go to every home game, the three to 4,000 fans that go away, the 20,000 supporters which buy the shirts for their home and away and for their kids. I think that has got to be recognised and I get there's a bigger picture, but also we've got to look close to home and acknowledge and respect the, the, what we've got. Uh, the one thing that I will pick up on that is, as well, uh, uh, you know, and I think you look at all the other ones. I, I mean, I thought Russell Jones is one he came across really well. We need to dig deeper into the stadium in the next 25 minutes, which we will do. But I think Jeff comes, comes across a little bit beige when he comes across. The, the fans want to want to win something. They want to see the ambition. I think what where it's come from is when they've come in, they want us to win the Premier League in ten years. They want us to be in Europe every year. They want to win trophies. And like we want to see, Wolves fans don't just want to be sitting in mid table, just going to the games, ticking a box. They want to have excitement. They want to see the team play with. That is Dave. That is goals. The one Dave, that, something. And that is the balance, isn't it? That's the balance that 
we thought we didn't hear from his interview because exactly. you know we want to close the gap to the top six. But generally, the top six are the top six because they've achieved on the field. They've achieved on the field to get into the top six. And that's what grows them. So when people say, well, we've grown the brand, but if we get relegated because we haven't got the right players, then there's the brand no brand down. anyway. So it's a, it is that chicken and egg type, you know, type situation, what comes first. And it has yeah. to be a balanced approach where we can't, if we finish, I'll tell you a personal experience. I spoke to some guys in India when I went there who were wearing Liverpool tops and I told them about Wolves and they knew about Wolves. They knew who Wolves were. They knew about Raul, Adama and Jota. And then they said, but you've gone downhill since then. And they're only interested in whoever's winning. These people abroad are only interested. Yeah. They're not, you know, you haven't got, you can't launch a brand in America for um, Burton Albion, can you? I don't think many people are going to be interested. Oh, like, so, like I said, what goes on on the pitch, pretty much dictates everything that, that goes off. But they're trying to they're trying to obviously build what's going on on the pitch and obviously trying to build the brand as well. It's very interesting to what Jeff G says about the brand building because then you can attract new sponsorship. I mean... Talking about the new sponsorship, Jason, I mean, yeah. Wolf are about to announce a new sponsor and from, from what I'm hearing, that will be very early part of next week. And... Also, from what I'm hearing, the sponsor that they've they've got is not going to be a betting company or an Asian betting company or anything like that. And they've right. managed to win the sponsorship because they've built this new story. And the uh, the sponsor will be hopefully across all the children's kits all the way up. Obviously, the women's team will probably still have their own sponsor, like with Energy Angels and stuff like that. But I think this is talking about the brand. I think we'll see a result of some of this that they're doing when they announce the sponsor next, uh, which I'm thinking it's going to be next week, that they're going to early next week that they're going to announce it. So that will be the first step on what the, on that ladder of what they've been talking about. And I think the big thing is fans want to understand how having these music brands and the fashion brands and buying into the esports ultimately filters back into the the team. Um, and you know, obviously sponsorships, as Manny says, and things like that bringing more companies, investing in it's all part of building that revenue to try and close the gap yes. with the clubs like United and Liverpool and City and, and all of them that have got currently bigger global fan base. Yeah. And like I said, we, we don't know enough about esports. We don't know the figures that are coming in. And one that's one thing they haven't actually mentioned. You know, if they had said to the fans, right, we've got an esports deal and we've got 40 million in from that. We've got 10 million in from Wolves Records. All of a sudden, your ears pick up. You think, wow, well, actually, that ain't a bad thing. But this is the thing. We don't know how much. We, you know, we it's a work, work in progress, isn't it? It's of course it is. And yeah. it's not going to be a quick fix. They're, they're, no. You know, they're not all of a sudden going to open a record label and their esports and get 100 million quid because arguably, you know, if it was that easy, why didn't the other clubs do it in the first place? Um, but yeah, they can attract, obviously, more sponsorship. I know as well, obviously, I don't know the statistics. I think it's about 75% of Premier League clubs have got, I think 70% have got betting logos on the shirts. Am I, I haven't really got a, I'm not really for against you. That's going to be banned soon though, isn't it, in the UK? So I think in the next couple of years right. that there's legislation coming in. But I know a lot of people are against it. I think it's important and I think if they can, I mean, that's, that's, that's quite pleasing to hear. If they can get a brand which can be on the kids' kits, the adults' kits, I think that's only going to be positive. That's my understanding, Jason. Yeah. 
or it'll be. Come on, Dave. You know it is, don't you? You're not saying anyone. I don't, is it, I don't know who it is. It's dazzling, Dave. With two thumbs. <laughs> if only I had the money, I would go. I would be the wolf sugar daddy if I had all. If I if I won billions of pounds, I wouldn't care. He's got the shirt on. Is it Doritos, Dave? Come on. <laughs> Now, Duracell bunny, you know, but no, seriously, mate, it's 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 interesting to see where it's going. The only thing is, because of Jeff's interview, he's kind of put himself in the firing line if things go south next year when the season starts, because it, what he said will come back to bite, which is why the summer transfer window, you can, and I'm saying to a lot of people, okay, there's people going out the door now that you know, there are teams that have already started to do business, and we do want. If, we don't want Neves to be sold on the, the last but one day of the window if he's going, and then we've got a day to replace him. They need to make sure. Can, I, can I just say something, Dave? You know, people have like looked at Villa. So Villa have signed three players very quickly yeah. and thought, what about us? Now, if you were a club that had sold a, a player for £100 million, reinvested that money, and then still finished 13th or 14th, then you would want to make a quick impression because your fans ain't happy that you've sold yeah. a player for 100 million and you've bought a, a load of tosh in to replace it so they they were in a they had to do that you know some of their fans weren't happy with the way um, uh, their finances were being managed so you know wolves are now i think what all settle us is players coming in we've been linked with one player pretty much every day you know the, the guy from sporting and and we need when once we see those players come in, those are the that, that's when we think oh, we've got side here, we've got another player, exactly. we've got options, and then we can stop because we haven't had anybody yet, and we want everybody signed tomorrow, you know, and it, it just doesn't work. Like Even that. seeing someone like Matinho commit his future to Wolves and that be sorted, mm. you know, and get done will give people a yeah. little what bit. Do you think, like, what, what, what do you reckon? Is, what? what What's your hunch with Matinho? Because you know, when the when the reports are he wants to stay, but he would like two years and wolves. Well, I spoke. I spoke. Literally, I've got an in, an inside insight into this because I'm. Come on, Dave. Dave's got Jeff G under the desk. No, no, no. But <laughs> on, accident, last week, last week, and this is true. I acted, I was out working, and I walked into a, a barber shop. And he wasn't busy, so I was talking to him. Jason will remember Can this. you slow down? I want to tweet this. I want to tweet this story. <laughs> walked into this bar. And the barber, I was there talking. And then just as walking out, the barber was actually a Liverpool fan. He got a, a, a Liverpool and Wolves. He loves. He got a Liverpool banner. I said, oh, I went to the match the weekend. He said, oh, you're a Wolves fan. I went, yeah, he's like, great. He says, who's one of your favourite players? I sort of going through. I mentioned Matinho. He says, I'll cut Matinho's hair. I said, you're winding me up. And he went, no, I cooked Matinho's hair. And he showed me the WhatsApp messages from Matinho. And does Jose Sars as well. Got a voicemail, voice note from Jose Sara. And he goes around Joe's Matinho's house to cut his hair. And he asks Matinho about the contract situation and Wolves. And he says he really wants to stay. They've offered him 12 months. And he never does 12 months contracts. He wants two months, but he's not, he, he would drop drop his um he would drop his salary he's, he's not, he said it's not about the money it's about the contract length and he does he does want to say and two years ago they offered him 12 months to get as, as well and he went he nearly left he went right down to the line and at the last minute wolves came in with the two years Matinho feels he's super fit he's still got two years in him um and 
that's where it's at. And Matinho is very frustrated uh, from what he was saying that it's not got sorted yet. And he also wants to see Wolves match some ambition because he, he does want to win something with Wolves because everywhere he's, he's been, he's won a trophy. So, obviously, they mentioned in the retain list yesterday... <laughs> they mentioned, yeah, they mentioned in the retain list yesterday, didn't they, that there was negotiation yeah. with Matinho. So, hopefully, it'll get sorted. But if that will be... I, a... yeah, I think, you know, looking at it, I think my hunch is, like, Jeff Shee's so passionate about... Bringing in young players and then buying them for, apart from Fabio Silva, which was the other way round, buying them for, you know, next to nothing and then selling them like Vinagra, like Jota, 18 million, sell for 45, bring in Nevers, sell him for 50, you know, and, and that's our model of making money and generating a Brushier Dortmund type model. They made 273 million over the last seven years in selling players they buy for cheap and then sell for more. Uh, and then when he sees someone el older coming to the end, which ain't really going to give you much resale value, but, are we really going to commit two years on him? And I think they think so financially rather than it's Joe Matinho. I, I <laughs> realistically, man, you're right. We signed him for five million anyway, so yeah, it was. Next got, you know, we, we're not going to get anything for him clearly. Right. He's out of contract, but. Joe Matinho can attract players in as well. Can attract some Portuguese talent in. And I think that's important and not to be underestimated. If he only does two-year deals, then he's going to end his career at Wolves. What is he now? 35 years. He wants to end his career at Wolves. He wants to. If he does another two years, then he'll have played for Wolves more than any club in his career, which I think is fantastic for a player of Joe uh, Matinho's ilk. And then... He's captain then, Portugal tonight. And, uh, unbelievable. So, he, so if we get another two years, he's going to be the best part of 38 years of age. So he ain't... He ain't going anywhere else. Um, in, when he's 38 for two years, he's, he ain't playing until he's, he's 40. Take, I think he's taking his badges as well, isn't he? He's coaching badges. All Dave, let's, let's just say Matinho didn't play for Wolves and somebody said, you know, the Portugal captain tonight is desperate to sign for Wolves for £2 million and he'll take a wage cut. <laughs> Second highest third captain <laughs> yeah. player. We'd be yeah. like... Put it, put it like that, we'd sign him and then if you knew it was Joe Matinho, you'd sign him and on the basis yeah. that we're selling Neves as well. And yeah. we could potentially lose Den Donk. We've already lost uh, Saiz, who can play in midfield as well. The midfield is the leader around the squad, although he's gone. He was still a big influence. Yeah, you, you... need you need personalities, and Matinho gives you all of that. And I just hope it gets. I think something like that will certainly give Wolves fans a bit of a positivity because you you worry, don't you, of losing all these key figures. Yeah. At the dressing room, and having you've got to have some continuity. But, but didn't Jeff say that? Didn't Jeff say it's going to be almost a new look walls, and there's going to be a yes. lot? Of he said he said the side that lines up in August will be new, and he said yeah. that. So and it's you know I think they recognise they need to change things, and 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 he, I think he does recognise that Bruno wants his own team as well. Yeah. So you know. Um, that's, that's the proof in the pudding is the first okay. game when we're sitting so there. Joe yeah. Matinho, yeah, let's say he's, he's who he is, but he was Mexican. Wants two more years on his deal. Are they going to keep him? We get him. We get him. Well, we keep him. We're going to keep him. Oh, he's Chinese. Are they going to keep him? We'll keep him because his next, it'll cost us nothing. <laughs> so, yeah, but, but I'm talking about then the commercial revenues they're going to be looking at. From shirt sales, obviously we're not going to get that level in Portugal because Portugal's got a huge football fraternity anyway, and you know they're not going to be buying wool shirts from Matinho on etc. etc. So, uh, listen, 
for me. Uh, Two-year deal. No brainer. My gut, my gut feeling it'll get done. That's my it's gut just... feeling. I, I think it need, it'll get done, but it is worrying. Um, just going back to a couple of comments, someone, Red Victor said, is it Jamie Cooper hair in technical? He does cut a lot of the Wolves players, but doesn't cut Matinho's hair, actually. Um, let's talk about the, uh, the stadium. Sorry. Did Jamie Matinho go in the barber's nest for a dazzling day, or what? Well, I was going to say. My I'm losing my hair, I am. Not, he, has it done at, he has it done at home. He, he, the barber goes round to his house and he, he does it there. And um, he's, um, you know, very welcoming. Proper top, humble guy. Basically, we know that. Let's um, move on uh, from from that that bit in terms of the players and talk uh, talk about a little bit. And we've done a bit on the, the the brand. Talk about the stadium redevelopment because of Russell Jones. I thought a lot of the fans want to see what's happened with the stadium because uh, he answered a question that Jeff Shee said last year about the interest rates, and everyone was going, "The interest rates are as low as they're ever going to be." And I thought Russell did a really good job. Yes on his interview of explaining that it's not the general interest rates, it's the investment type yeah. interest rates because for the football being a risk. And he also talked about there's a nine-stage plan for redevelopment. Um, he talked about the Steve Bull stand, about how it's been built already in two halves. So that is a good thing because they can do a redevelopment of the bottom half, bring it closer to the pitch, get an extra thousand Obviously, we know the Steve Bull. Uh, Manny, you sit up there, don't you? Man, I'll tell you what. When he said that, I thought there's another thousand fans that are going to get absolutely drenched once that lower tier is built <laughs> because there's not going to be no roof above them. But, you know, he they recognise... I, I, I liked all those interviews, Russell, Vinny, even Matt Wilding. They did address fans exactly. where Jeff seemed to go really corporate. They did say, yes, we, we recognise we've got all the away fans across the whole of the pitch. So the, your opposition has got fans across all the pitch to like rally them or, or refer to. And they want them stuck in a corner somewhere. So they want yeah. to address that, you know. So I was, I was, you know, Russell did go into quite a bit of detail. Was in really, that it was really interesting. I was quite surprised because I, I had pretty much thought it was all shelved. And it's just, you know. And what's good about Russell? Russell's a Wolves fan. Russell's—I don't know—he's born in Wolverhampton. He lives in Wolverhampton. He's a Wolves fan, and that's very, very important as well. It's important to have these play uh, these people around the club. That yes, it's a job. Yes, I'm sure it's well paid, but also they've got a vested interest. They want the club to do well, and that is important. It that, communicates that, well. To me. Well, yeah, oh, it communicates very, very well. And yeah, it, look, it's exciting. Um, it, Look, my worry, and I've said this to you before, Dave, you know, the last thing I'd want to see is a 50,000-seater stadium and we've only got 35,000 people in it, right? I think I think we'd be comfortable for about, I don't know, the demographics. I'm sure the Wolves have done all their research. I remember speaking to Jez Mokjet the other day and he spoke quite in depth um, about uh, how they've done all the research and, that, that you know, how many people that could physically get into the stadium on a regular basis and... I think it, that, that for a top half Premier League club, Wolves doing well, they was expecting about 45,000. Uh, and I think that'd be comfortable. I think that'd be good. Obviously, it'd increase the revenues. It'd make Molyneux a much more hostile place to come. In terms, when I say the hostilities, I mean, look, the, what they do overnight with the light show is unbelievable. It really, really is. And you're quite right. What do they do at Newcastle when we go there? They stick us up in the gods. 
flipping a mile away from the centre circle. And I think that's what we've got to do. We've got to stick yeah. them out of the way. Um, I know you've got to, there's got to be so many, they have to allocate so many tickets, but you've got to stick them out of the way and just make it as uncomfortable for them as we possibly can. Exactly, because for the away fans, having all that bottom tier, for them, it's it's good. And, and um, that's one of the things, again, they've got to look at. I think by redeveloping the bottom to start with, they can, the entries, and because they can't get them out or something, they'll all be... Russell, out you know, you, you just mentioned that. Russell said that, that Wolves are in a position, they're really desperate to host a big concert there. They've got these Wolves records. They've got, they've signed yeah. five artists they, they, they're ready. I mean, they've got people like Beverly Knight and Robert Plant. They could pretty much call anybody and, and have a right um, sing-song there, but they can't because they're not allowed to have anybody standing on the pitch and concerts won't work because of the exits and the fire safety side and, and the redevelopment of the stadium will help that. So, you know, there's it's more than just getting more bums on seats. It's 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 um, uh, They're thinking outside the box again to Quick make it... Quiz question: Who was the big rock star that played at Molyneux in the nineties? Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. <laughs> I don't know. No, I said the same in thing. the nineties. Oh, in the nineties. Oh, it still could have been Rod Stewart. He'd been going well, since the seventies. Yeah, Bon Jovi played there, didn't he? Did they? What? Yeah, 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 yeah. What? About uh, mid nineties or something? Yeah, mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't that be exciting? Well, well, we're all living on a prayer, then, weren't we? <laughs> Bloody hell, Dave! Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, absolutely. I mean, that was you know. I mean, when you when you look at it as a as a whole, and on the stadium, one of the things that Russell also said on his interview that the Euros or or some things coming to um, to the UK in twenty twenty eight, yeah, and Wolverhampton are part of that bid. So yeah. if they're part of that bid. A redeveloped Molyneux. Is it the Euros? You see, is it? Yes, the Euros. Yeah. A redeveloped, a redeveloped Molyneux needs yeah. to be uh, done by yeah. the time we get to twenty twenty eight. So when you look at the, the time limit and when these things are going to go, if they do get that, it's going to have yeah. to be done by then. But they'd, they'd have to sort a hotel out. You wouldn't want to stop in the Red Wings Lodge. <laughs> That's all right. The hotel system in Wolves is horrific. Yeah. Close by, you know, let's yeah. be honest. And we did see those leaked, no, not even leaked plans, didn't we, of Wolverhampton Council, magical Molyneux Quarter and and yeah. the, the, the Golden Way and, and suddenly the ring road just vanished into thin hair as we all walked into the Molyneux. <laughs> Asda had gone and, you know, and, and, and it seemed a little bit far-fetched. But these developments can, can happen. They just need money, don't they? And, and um, yeah. uh Need um, you know, need achievement. If we achieve and we become well and we grow our fan base and we achieve on the pitch, because that's my thing. As soon as we bomb and we don't play well, everything goes out the window. <laughs> All these plans, you can forget you. Um, <laughs> can I just sorry to interrupt, Manny? I've seen some people on Twitter going, yeah. "Oh, well, we might as well get relegated." In fact, a season in the Championship wouldn't be too bad. I'd love that. What an absolutely stupid, ridiculous, uh, why would you say that? So then we're losing the brand. We're just, we're losing the players. We're going back in the championship, everyone. It's all right. We'll win a few games. 
Hundred percent, mate. Nobody's gonna. Nobody buys. Nobody buys Rotherham Records. No disrespect to Rotherham, you know, or or Rotherham Esports team ain't gonna be a multi. It's because we're in the Premier League. For this to work, not only do we have to be in the Premier League, we have to be an established Premier League side. Yes. Let's be yeah. honest. It, since we've got there, we've gone above the established two seventh place, thirteenth and a tenth. That is proper establishment. So we've done that. So now the frustration for fans is the next step because they saw the tantalising points yeah. total we had and we were so close to getting well, that. Well, Bruno Lodge said that on his interview. We were like right there. And West, Ham, West Ham bombed their season. They were fact, horrific, but we still both. couldn't catch them. <laughs> and United, United took seven points. West Ham took five. But in the, the oh, no. of that, that How many points did we take out the bottom three? We took um, one off Leeds. We took... Two out of Norwich. Did we lose twice to Burnley? Oh, don't even talk, man. We just honestly, we did. We did a little, even with all the injuries. We did mess that up. We did mess our approach and our the way we but, set ourselves out. You know, we but, did mess that. Up. Back, back to the point of of the you know sustainability in the Premier League. Jeff Shee made a good point that out of all the owners over the last twenty years, we've been playing more Premier League football under Fosen, and we have, and that's what it's got to be. You know, this is a, this is a, you know, we don't know how long term the plan is. We don't know when Fosen are going to decide to sell float or whatever they're going to do. But, it, you know, it, we're, we're, we're in the Premier League to stay. I can't, yeah. there's people saying, oh, we're going to get relegated if next season, if we don't do that. I, I don't think we are. At this stage, I don't think we are. I think they're going to strengthen with the, the Neves money. And I don't think we, we've got anything to worry about, right? Ask me in September when we played four, lost four. I'm joking. I don't know, right? I, I don't think we are. Um, and, and I think, look, they're trying to establish us as a top-half Premier League club and build and aim to break that top six. He would be foolish to have done Ask Wolves and said, right, yeah, we're going to be challenging with Man City and Liverpool next season, aiming for the Champions League. What was he going to say that for? Because then he's going to be made to eat his words and everyone's going to be hounding him. So he's done the right thing. The club is in fantastic hands. It's on a great footing, and I'm excited for the future. I'll tell you what, another thing as well, by saying that there's no money, it means that when you're going to buy players, you've got that out there. So it could be a little bit of a, a nod and a wink. No owner's going to say, yes, we've got when, loads when of money. Phillips spend... says, can you, can you compete with the top six right now? Obviously, he's going to say we can't because the top six have been there for a number of years. They've got a much bigger fan base. They've got... 60, 70,000 seat stadiums, and they're bringing in a lot more money. So, obviously, he's not going to say, yes, we can compete yeah. with the top six. Why do you think they're called the top six? Everyone's trying right. to break them. You know, we're not the only club in this position, but we've got a, we've got a real plan. We've got, you know, we've got fanta- we have got fantastic owners. Whoever takes charge, we're always going to have a whinge and a moan. But we, we are really lucky. And considering that Wall, uh, the, the Fosen Group looked at all these other... Clubs before Wolves, I believe, Sheffield Wednesday and whoever leads. I looked at the baggies as well. Well, come on, Dave. They was never going to buy them. I think for about two yeah. seconds. But, you know, I could buy them for 50p. But realistically, um, we're lucky. We are really, really lucky. The only, the only concern I've got is, like, you know, in world football, for some reason, um, China and the owners from China do things a little bit differently. They're not like the, the Middle Eastern owners or even yeah. the Americans who come here. And this this chairman or the owner of Fosun, Guo Guangchang, he's not 
he's not at Wolves all the time geeing them up. It's just another part of his corporation. That's all it is. So it's different. It's different to how other people are doing it. If things go wrong, and like Jay says, we've lost five games and we're bottom of the league in October, Bruno Large won't be there. Scott Sedders might not be there. Fosen might even get rid of Jeff Shee because I'm pretty sure Fosen, like you said, they don't actually fail at much what they do. They do make an, a, a success of, of the things that they are involved in. So, um, you know, I'm pretty sure if it goes wrong, they'll make the changes. But people will look at them and they'll say, well, why didn't you back them? Or why didn't we give more, um, uh, you know, more money or, or whatever? But we have to face the that fact that we are going to be in this way of bringing money in and then investing it. And it's not just going to be, here's lots of money and I'm going to throw... They pretty much wrote off 126 million of yeah. you know, debt, which people haven't mentioned. And then I had comments, oh, let's get the Russians in by now for last year. Let's get the Russians in. Oh, yeah, that would have been brilliant, wouldn't it? Let's get a Russian football billionaire, whoever, to come in and then get all yeah. the assets seized. Be careful what you wish for. I'll tell you what, though, it's been a, it's been a great show, and we've had. Guys, we've had over 130 and at times over 150 people watching and joining in the, in the chat. I think that up? went up, that went up when, when everyone found out you've been stalking the barber. <laughs> that went up. from China and Mexico, Dave. No, <laughs> uh, no, to round things up, then just to finish off your final summaries. If we go round, we go Manny, then Jason, and then I'll obviously close the show to summarize. The Ash Wolf series and your thoughts for everyone watching, what would you say? Right. Yeah, the series was really positive. It's something that we need as a club. We always moan about no communication. And when they give us communication, we have an even bigger moan. So, you know, let's appreciate some of the really good stuff and the good content. Let's also appreciate some of the language wasn't what we wanted to hear. And the proof of the pudding will be that first game and how we perform and what type of team we have and, and what happens on the pitch, because that's ultimately what we're interested in, you know, and, and th that's where the proof will be. And, and Jeff will have to, you know, walk away with his tail between his legs. If he gets it wrong, he will, because, you know, fans won't take that. We won't want, we don't want to be bottom of the league. We don't want to be fighting relegation. And so far under Fosun's uh, stewardship, we haven't. We've been comfortably a Premier League side. Now we want to see us take that next step. So the proof will be on the pitch. Absolutely. And Jason, to, to finish off, summarise for you. I think we're going to get relegated, Dave. Because <laughs> that's what the fans Someone want. will take that clip. Because yeah, that's what we want. We want to get relegated, Dave. Listen, I think it was... what well, The Wolves are probably going above and beyond with it. Yes, it was edited. Yes, they told us some of what we wanted to hear, but it was also very honest as well. As Manny quite rightly pointed out, no other clubs are doing that. So, we're in good hands. I've just seen a couple of comments. Oh, we didn't sign this player. We didn't sign that player. This player wanted to come to us, did he? Do we know? No, we're going on journalists. We're going on people who clickbait. We're going on people who are just putting it up because they're bored. There was one guy today. He's got everyone on strings. He's said there's a player signing for us. I've looked at his account. He's got seven followers and flipping joined in April 22. And oh, oh, probably still ask her. So, don't believe all that. Those have come out, they've been um, very transparent. We've been asking for clarity and communication. We've got it. 
Let's stop the moaning. Let's enjoy the ride. In Fosen we trust. Good night. God bless. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I agree with that. You know, there are things that you're going to have to point fingers at. I don't think Jeff came across as well as he probably would have hoped in hindsight. He, but, you know, I think some of it got taken, I think, but it will get judged on what happens. That'll be what happens. If we start well, it'll all be forgotten. If we start bad, then people will be pointing back. But you've got to remember, there's still eight weeks of the transfer window left to go. We have to judge it as a whole. And, uh, you know, we have to trust in the process and hopefully they'll do it. Um, Jason, I know you've got to shoot off right now. Uh, Wolf Whistle podcast, check that out. Where can people find you on your socials, etc.? Wolves Premier. And that's if I haven't already blocked you. <laughs> and money and all the ones that he's blocked I've blocked also so <laughs> no um, I'm at pedal sing on Twitter and um, uh, you know just yeah enjoy we have to enjoy the ride and um, uh, and let's see <laughs> absolutely uh, Steve Dickens is one of your fans mate he said Jason talking sense again so that's a good one uh, I like you Steve a good one to finish on. And I'll, guys, I'll, unblock, you, I'll unblock you, Steve. <laughs> and if you've enjoyed the show, please uh, smash a like. Um, we'll do more of these coming through, uh, obviously, in the close season. There's going to be lots to talk about. Uh, I want to really thank uh, Manny, who, who's regular co-host on this, and also Jason. Thank you for coming on tonight. I hope you've enjoyed the debate. hope it's given you the things to thought of. If you're watching it back on Catch Up or you're listening to it on the podcast, it'll be out tomorrow. All the best to you and your families around the world, and we'll just keep bringing you the news over uh -huh. here on the channel. Until then, from myself, Manny, and Jason, always Wolves. Good night. Cheers. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.